you find your place, if you're willing and able, I want to ask you to stand. And uh, we'll honor and give reverence in that to the reading of the Word of God. And uh, if you're unable to do so, as we perfectly, uh, that's fine. We understand you and honor the Lord uh, in your heart tonight. Sure, I'm thankful for the Word of God. I'm thankful for my Bible tonight. And I bless His name uh, that we, uh, we have a copy of the Word of God, the inerrant, infallible, uh, indestructible, indisputable Word of Almighty God. And I bless His name for that. Nahum chapter number 2, find verse number 11. Nahum chapter number 2 and verse number 11. If you're there and you're with me and you found your place, would you give me a good hearty amen tonight? Amen. The Bible says, Where is the dwelling of the lions and the feeding place of the young lions? Where the lion, even the old lion, walked and the lions wept, and none made them afraid. The lion did tear in pieces enough for his whelps and strangled for his lioness and filled his holes with prey and his dens with raven. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts. I will burn her chariots in the smoke and the sword shall devour thy young lions and I will cut off thy prey from the earth and the voice of thy messengers shall no more be heard. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is, God, just to gather together one more time on this side of eternity. Very often, Lord, it's, it's in the time of absence where we are reminded of the goodness and blessedness uh, that you show forth in our life where we've taken things for granted. Lord, I pray we never take for granted the opportunity to gather together in this place and open thy word. God, and worship together and grow together as a family in the faith. Lord, I pray uh, that we would seize the opportunity before us. Lord, I pray as we uh, come to the text tonight, Lord, as it comes preaching time, Lord, I pray that you uh, give me a fresh touch and a fresh anointing, Lord. <coughs> Bless and uh, prick hearts and draw sinners to thyself. And Lord, I pray you'd open blinded eyes tonight. I pray no man would walk, uh, walk out of here the same way that we walked in. There's one here tonight that is not saved. Most of all, we lift them up to you and pray tonight would be the night uh, that they would turn from their sin, repent of their sin, and place their faith in you, trust you as Savior and Lord of their life and be forever changed. We love you. We praise you. We bless your name. Thank you ahead of time for what you're about to do. It's in Jesus' high and holy name we do humbly pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. You can be seated. <clears throat> Little is known about the prophet Nahum. Uh, not a whole lot. We know that he comes from uh, the town uh, Iklaas. He's, he's, uh, uh, he's one of them, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, Elkish, I guess would be the correct pronunciation of the, uh, the place he was from. Uh, but we don't know a whole lot about, about the prophet Nahum. We do know uh, his name. Uh, we know what his name means. His name did, uh, uh, it does mean comfort. It means uh, compassion. That is the very meaning of the, of the prophet's name. And, and we know that he was a prophet, as we see here in the text, that announces the judgment that was soon going to fall upon the city of Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital 
Uh, if you're a Bible student, it was the capital and that of Assyria. Uh, Assyria, if you know your Bible, had taken the northern kingdom, uh, Israel, and they had tried to take the southern kingdom, Judah, uh, but they failed in doing so. In Isaiah chapter number 37, uh, we see that the Bible says that they were defeated by the angel of the Lord. However, that did not uh, stop them from constantly being an aggravation uh, to Judah. They was constantly threatening them. Uh, they, were, they, they were troubling them all the time. Uh, and they still tried to take over uh, the kingdom and the people of God. Now, Nahum, his prophecy is some, hundred, uh, some 120 years after uh, Jonah goes to the city of Nineveh and preaches unto them. Uh, and where the, where the city experienced a great revival in the land. Even if you ain't been in church for a, a long amount of time, you've probably never heard uh, the prophet Nahum, but I, I dare say you've heard of Jonah. Uh, Jonah and Nineveh. Most of the time, you mention the city of Nineveh, most people instantly, they uh, think of Jonah. They think of a whale because Jonah uh, is that, that man that God had sent with a message to the city of Nineveh. And uh, you know the story there. He didn't want to go. And, and so he tried to run from God. And he tried to flee the presence of God. Uh, but Jonah found out, just like many have down through the uh, pages of history, that you can run, but you can't hide. And God uh, uh, got a hold of Jonah. And, 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 and there was a storm in his life. He was on that ship. And he ends up bailing off of the ship. But yet God had a, a fist prepared for Jonah. The whale swallows Jonah. And even at the bottom of the sea, uh, still uh, God, uh, God knew where Jonah was. He couldn't plead, but Jonah repented. The whale spit him up on the dry ground. He got right, and he headed in the right direction where he should have been going to begin with uh, to the city of Nineveh. He goes preaching uh, the word of the Lord. It was a message of grace. It was a message of mercy, and the city repented, and there was a great revival uh, in that land. And and, uh, and, but, and by the way, I cannot, I cannot uh, forget to mention every time I think of Jonah, how much better it would have been if he would have just did what God told him to do in the beginning. How many done figured it out and you've experienced it too? It's just better to go ahead and obey God from the get-go, amen? I mean, it'll, it'll save you a lot of trouble. And so he finally does it. They experience revival. However, it wasn't long after that that Nineveh would turn back to the sin they would go back to their, uh, their old ways, back to uh, uh, living for self and the things of the, of the world and the flesh, doing some of the very th same things. And so now the prophet Nahum, he comes and with a prophecy of judgment. And it's through Nahum's message uh, that God lets them know that he's now going to deal with their sin. He's now going to deal with their rebellion. He is now uh, going to deal uh, with them once again and so he raises up this prophet by the name of Nahum and uh, someone said it like this said that Jonah came and he preached mercy while Nahum comes preaching a judgment no doubt that is true you can read those two prophecies and you'll find as Jonah's preaching about mercy Nahum comes on uh, preaching about uh, judgment as a matter of fact, it is during the time 
uh, of the prophecy of Nahum that Nahum predicts the fall in that of the city of Nineveh and Assyria as Nineveh is the capital city. God through the prophet Nahum lets them know he is going to deal with their sin. Can I say this tonight? God's going to deal with sin. You go ahead and mark that down. You can file that away. You say, well, I don't know if I agree with that or not. You, you, you know, you may be living in sin right now thinking you're going to get away with it, thinking that it ain't going to, uh, it's not ever really going to amount to anything. I got a rude awakening for you tonight. Uh, God, amen. God, will, he, he will not be mauled. He's going to deal with it. Be sure your sins will uh, find you out. You're going to reap what you sow, friend. Amen. There's coming a reckoning day, saith the Lord. Uh, you better you better wake up to the fact you cannot live when in sin and get away with it. God is going to deal with it. And so God, through the prophet Nahum, lets, uh, uh, lets uh, Nineveh know he's going to deal with them. And Nahum comes preaching a message of judgment and a message of wrath. Now, Nineveh had, had, is a city that had risen to power. Uh, if you study this out, you'll find that there was uh, uh, in a position to where a lot of good things was happening among them uh, from man's uh, standpoint. It, it would look and see as though that everything's going good. Everything is uh, on the right track. And, and they had really gotten to a place to where uh, they thought they were bigger, better, badder than everybody else. I mean, that's kind of where they had uh, uh, where they had got, they thought they were invincible, that nothing could touch them, nothing was ever going to uh, take them over. However, Nahum comes on the scene out of, no, uh, out of nowhere seemingly uh, preaching a message from God and the message was you ain't as big and as bad and as good as you think you are. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you God says uh, that you ain't all that you think you are. God, Nahum says, God's going to bring you down. God's going to uh, show you the truth and uh, by the way don't you know that there were those that laughed at him amen I mean it, it's not in here but I mean don't you know there were those in that day just like they are in this day uh, that when a man of God gets up preaches the word of God uh, there are those that laugh and they mock at it and they say oh that's just one of them old crazy uh, crazy goons they don't know what they're talking about who do you think you talking about God's going to bring judgment I mean look around you see what's going on around it's the greatest city there is. I mean, we've got all this. Uh, uh, we've got everything going our way, and and uh, and and they laughed at the man of God, and I'm, there's still those that laugh today. Amen. A man of God get up and preach the truth of the word of God, and the world will look at him. They'll laugh at him. They'll mock him. They'll make fun of it. Uh, they still laugh at it. Uh, but I come to tell you tonight that if you don't repent and you don't get right with God, uh, you ain't gonna be laughing long. God is gonna show you uh, who the boss is, who really is in charge. Amen. God is going to reveal and you're going to learn just like Nineveh learned. There ain't nobody bigger and better than God. God. God has a way of bringing you down. God can and he will bring you down if need be. And so that's what's happening here in the book of Nahum. I'll say this about the prophet. Now I've been, I've been reading, through, uh, reading through this prophecy and I think I preached a message not too very awful. Well, it couldn't have been too awful long. I've only been here a few years, but uh, I preached out chapter number one uh, on the goodness of God uh, where he does talk about, he mentions the goodness of God right in the middle and right prior uh, to this uh, prophecy of judgment. Uh, but if you continue to read, you read chapters two and chapter number three, one thing is for sure. As you read throughout the book of Nahum, 
One thing that continues to jump out and just really got a hold of my heart this week is that Nahum is a sad scene. I mean, this text that, 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 that we're looking at tonight, chapter 2, chapter 3, it really is a sad scene. I mean, it is a scene of a city, a people who once experienced revival, who once experienced the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the power of God, the salvation of God, the deliverance of God. I mean, they, they experienced it all. Yet now is a city that is experiencing judgment. It's a sad scene. It's a scene of a city that was on the top is now on the bottom. It's a scene of a city uh, that, 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 that once had great power has now become very weak. It's a scene of a city that was a, a blessed city but now is the cursed city. A city that was plenteous, had, had everything, uh, didn't want for nothing. Now all of a sudden it's a place of poverty and people are in want. It is a very sad scene. By the way, could I say this tonight? I don't think there's a more sad scene that you'll ever watch play out within, within your life than to watch the scene of one who once walked with God, served God, worshiped God, lived for God. All of a sudden, chose to turn and go a different direction and they chose sin and they chose the things of the world and they turned away from God and they backslide on the Lord and they chose the flesh over the spirit. That that is a sad scene. I'll say this tonight. That is also a scene that is far too long played out in so many lives down through the pages of time. I could not help but think of our world as I was reading the book of Nahum. I couldn't help but think of our society, our people, our nation, our country. Because you can look back in our land and you'll see where there was a time where, uh, where our people, our nation, we experienced the, uh, the, the goodness of God and, and the blessings of God. And there was a time where revival broke out in our land among our, our people. I mean, I mean, listen, I don't care what the history books, uh, uh, you know, this new woke generation, they will put this stuff out and try to cover up real American history. But the fact of the matter is, America is what America is today not because uh, who she is uh, but America is what America is because of who God is, amen it was God's hand, it was God's goodness and blessing uh, that prospered uh, this great land, amen uh, there was a time throughout this uh, uh, throughout our history where uh, there was a man of God who faithfully preached the word of God and revival broke out, I mean, I mean there was a time where people worshipped God, it wasn't foreign, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't radical in this land, it was just normalcy, I mean people serve God and they worship God but now we're living in a generation where church is no longer important even in even in our borders even in our and I'm telling you friend we're in the Bible Belt and even in our county and in our communities it's no longer as important as it maybe once was there are those that, 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 that don't even desire the things of God anymore Bible preaching Bible preaching to, to this younger generation that's foreign language now I mean, hey, that's a lunatic nowadays. We're used to. It was common. It was normal. I'm telling you, we too are experiencing this scene played out before our eyes. It is a sad scene. A sad scene. 
So I'm preaching on tonight a sad scene. I want to give you three quick things and we'll, we'll be done tonight. Number one, I want you to notice the scene itself. Notice here in our text, um, let me read it again. I want you to notice this scene that, that is being described here in these few verses. He says, where is the dwelling of the lions? It's a question, where is it at? The feeding place of the young lions where the lion, even the old lion, walked and the lions whelped and none made them afraid. The lion did tear in pieces enough for his whelps and, and strangle for his, uh, his lioness and filled his holes with prey and his dens with raven. It is a scene that everything was going good. I mean, the, there's plenty to eat. Uh, uh, we're prosperous. I mean, everything was going good. Everything was going right, but now Nahum says it's fixing to change. It's fixing to go a different direction. And oh, how it does. Nineveh would soon be destroyed. You can go and, and continue to read and see what happens uh, throughout the, the city of Nineveh. It's a sad scene. It's a sad scene. There are families that have watched this very same scene played out in their lives. I could take you tonight to husbands and wives, marriages that's watched this scene, this sad scene played out in their lives. I could take you to churches tonight that has watched this very same sad scene played out in their life. Christians have experienced this scene. Their question in verse number 11, where is the dwelling of the lions? Where is it at? Can I ask the question tonight, where is the fear of God in our land today? Where is, where is the fear in that of the Lord? I mean, there was a day, friend, either where people used to fear God and even lost people had enough fear of God that, I mean, I, I, know, I don't know how many testimonies I've heard of lost folk that, I mean, even they was, they was, they was uh, an alcoholic and, I mean, it was just second nature to them, but they still would never drink a beer in the parking lot of a church. I mean, they still was some respect and some fear of God whatsoever, but we're living in a generation for you, they will park out in here and curse God and think nothing about it. I mean, there is no fear of God in our land. Where is the fear of God? Where is the presence of God as it once was? I mean, can't you remember uh, some of you old timers in here, you remember uh, what it was like uh, where you could go down Main Street and the presence of God uh, was surreal. Amen. I mean, can you remember what it was like when it was real uh, inside the house of God? Uh, where is the families? sitting around the table and just talking of the things of God and sharing scripture with one another. I mean, uh, where uh, where is it? Where is the power of God in our churches like it once was? Uh, where is it? Uh, where's the power of God when the choir gets up and gets, gets the sing of the goodness of God and the grace of God? Where is the power of God uh, when the man of God gets up and opens the book of God and preaches the word of God? Where? Uh, where is it? that Nahum says where is it where is what you used to have now it's no longer that way where is it at it's a sad sad scene the scene is a sad scene number two not only the scene but I want you to notice the side verse number 13 you, the side you say what are you talking about the side well we see the scene in verse 11 and verse number 12 but notice in verse number 13 the Bible says, Behold, I am against thee, 
saith the Lord of hosts. The side, we see two sides. There is the side of Nineveh, and then there is the side of the Lord. They're not on the, that's, that's two different sides. God says, I'm against thee. That means he's on the other team. He's on the other side, however you want to say it. The Lord was against them. Now I want to say this right here, and I know it's going to, I know this goes against culture, ideology, and doctrine, and things of that nature. But there is an idea out there, and it's preached very, very, very often that no matter who you are, God is on your side. God is on your side. He's for you. How many's heard this? I mean, I mean, and, and, and not that. Stay with me, all right. I'm not. I'm not digging a hole. I'm going somewhere. All right, hang with me. How many's ever heard this? You know, something, something will happen, and, and, and instantly everybody's all the time. Well, God's got this. God's got this. Well, you better believe he's got it. He's got the whole world in his hand. What you talking about? He ain't got it. I mean, he's got it, friend. He's got you. But they use that with the idea with the idea that God's on your side. God's for you and, and all you've got to. And, and, and listen, I understand that. And I'm not against that. God is for you. God does love you. All you've got to do is look to Calvary and realize God's for you and God loves you. He died for you. Amen. I mean, he's on your side from that standpoint. I, I, he does love you, but I I want to say this, if you're a child of God and you're living in sin and you're living in disobedience to his word and he's made it clear, it says what I want you to do, this is what I desire for you and you mock him, you laugh at him, you take it lightly and you made up your mind you're going to do what you're going to do and you don't care what God's got to say about it, I'm telling you friend, God is not on your side. He's not for you in that case. You know what we learn from this text? we learn that there is a line that you can cross. There's a line you can cross. Uh, We think in this generation and day we're living in, we think that you can live however you want to live. You can live for as long as you want to live and and for however long you want to do it. And in the end, God's just going to somehow work it out and everything's going to be good and grand and everything's going to be just wonderful. That's not the case. That's just not true. That ain't even Bible. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. I know the thief on the cross. He, I mean, in his dying breath, you know, he, he cries out, and God saved the man. I, I understand that, and I believe God can do that. But, friend, if you expect to just live like hell and do whatever you want to do, and then all of a sudden in your last breath say, God, forgive me and save me, and everything's going to work out, I cannot promise you it's going to work out that way. Amen. We think it's just going to work out somehow. Everything's just going to, it's just going to, that's just not true. There is a line that you can cross. These people have experienced God. They've experienced uh, forgiveness. They've experienced deliverance. They've experienced grace, salvation. They have experienced it. But not here. It's pure judgment. I didn't, I, 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 and I may have missed it. Y'all can read, it's just three chapters, so read it on your own and then you can tell me if I missed it or not. But I read through here as I was, as I was reading the, uh, the book of Nahum this week. Not one time did I find anything about repenting, repenting. Nothing about repentance. 
Now, Jonah went preaching repentance. Nahum don't even say nothing about repentance. You know what Nahum preaches? Strictly judgment. You know what that lets me know? There's a line you can cross. There's a line you can cross and judgment's going to come. Straight judgment. How does that happen? When, the, when you get on the other side of God. Because in verse 13, the Lord says, I am against thee. If God, if you don't want to get to the place where God's against you. I heard somebody say, or read it or something, I can't even remember, but it got in my mind this week. I heard a preacher say, he said it like this. He said, a lot of people says, you know, I focus on getting on God's side. He says, I've learned to focus to, for God to be on my side, you know. And how true that is. Whichever way you want to look at it, that's fine. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, you ought to desire you and the Lord's on the same side. And if you're living in sin, God ain't going to be on your side. The side I see. Lastly, I want to give you this, and I'm done. I want you to notice the sadness in the text. Verse 13. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts. I will burn her chariots in the smoke, and the sword, watch this, shall devour thy young lions. I will cut off thy prey from the earth, and the voice of thy messengers shall no more be heard. Here's what jumped out at me in this verse. Notice he says in the middle of that verse that the sword shall devour, watch this, thy young lions. Now just previously he's talking about all the lions. I mean, he's talking about everybody. He's talking about where is the dwelling of the lions and the feeding place and the young lions. And he talks about the old lions, the whelp, the cubs. I mean, the, the young ones. I mean, he, he mentions them all. But here in verse number 13, he specifically talks about and mentions thy young lions. What does the lion care about the most? You know what it is? Watch the Animal Channel. You'll find out what all of them care about the most. And it's their young. It's their young. You know who is hurt most by this scene that's played out, this sad scene? You know who's hurt most by it? The young lions. It's the young. This was a people that knew better. This was a people who had experienced the goodness of God. I mean, they, they served God. They walked with God once upon a time. But yet, this younger generation don't even know who God is. Because the older generation has backslid. By the way, I was studying this out, and they said that this could have uh, taken place with just in short, four short generations. Only four generations, and now all of a sudden, this is what's taking place. Now you've got a younger generation who don't even know who God is because older generation, they backslid on the Lord. They ain't taught the younger generation. They don't know. I mean, they, they, ain't, been, they ain't been going to church. They ain't been here no, they ain't had no steady diet of Bible preaching. I mean, they, they ain't sat around a dinner table talking about the goodness of God and the grace of God and things like that. I mean, they don't know nothing about that. I mean, all they know, all they know is just living for self and living for pleasure and the pride of life and the lust in the eyes. That's all they know. And now they're experiencing judgment. Now they're experiencing wrath. And this younger generation don't even know no better. Don't even know any better. We're living in a generation today, you and I, 
We're living in a generation that thinks there's nothing wrong. Ain't that the way it is? Ain't nothing wrong today. I mean, you look around, you see, you see, you see, you see all this craziness going on. I mean, craziness. And we could sit right down tonight and just start making a list of the craziness and we'd be here still come Sunday morning with just crazy, crazy. I mean, it is crazy. You think this world can't get no more crazier and then all of a sudden you wake up in the bar and guess what? It's got a little more crazy. I mean, they're coming out with things. I mean, God help. Who would ever thought? Who would have ever thought that kids going to school, uh, you know, wearing a tail thinking they're a cat? I mean, come on. You think that's just, that's just crazy. You give it time and they'll get more crazy by next year. Amen. And don't think nothing's wrong with it. They don't, they, 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 you say, how is that? Because that's all they know. That's all they know. That's what they've grown up in. That's, they don't know. They don't know the joy of the salvation of the Lord. They don't know. They wasn't in Nineveh when, it, when revival spread and mama and daddy got right with God and, and the whole family changed. Uh, I, I mean, they, they don't know that. This generation now, they only know the other way. This generation now, they, all they know is cussing and fighting and hating and bickering. And, I mean, they don't go to church. And so they, they look around and everything's okay. Everything's fine. It's a sad scene. A sad scene. You say, boy, that's a sad mess. do you do to prevent it? Here's the best advice I can give you tonight. Serve God. Get right. Repent. Get your heart right. Amen. Worship God. Serve. Stay close to the Lord. Read your Bible. Pray. Don't, 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 don't turn and go the other way. You stay with God. If for no other reason, if for no other reason, you ought to at least do it for your young. Amen. You ought to at least do it for your young. I got a phone call today. As a matter of fact, I got a phone call today. And uh, it blessed my heart. There's a man called me and years since I've talked to him. I didn't even know. I mean, a long time. Long story short, we used to hunt together. I mean, we used to, we used to spend a little bit of time together and then we had kids and, you know, just kind of how it goes, you know. Life gets in the way and everybody gets busy and you ain't even got time to, you ain't got time for yourself, much less anybody else. And so, you know, we just kind of got busy. But long story short, he's had some trouble in his home and, and uh, called me up today. It's out of the blue and well, actually sent me a message. I called him and, and uh, I mean, we ain't talked in years, years. He called me up and and he said uh, he said I, I I got something I need to tell you and I just had you on my mind I just wanted to talk to you and I said okay brother you know and I didn't know what he was about to tell me long story short just this past I believe it was this past week's what he said 
Uh, he, got, he got saved. He got right with God. And um, he was, uh, he'd, been a, he'd been an alcoholic. He'd got hooked on alcohol and been drunk. I mean, just, and he said, brother, he said, I, I wasn't mad at you. He said, I was just mad at everything, and I didn't, I didn't know nothing about it. I ain't, he said, I know we ain't even talked in a while. He said, but I got to, I got to listening to some of you preaching and, and, and whatnot. Long story short, he got his heart right. Now, he's got trouble in his home. He's got some trouble uh, in his home. And, uh, you know, he was looking at it, and he was talking about this sad scene. And he was talking about um, this, this scene being played out. And it was sad, and it is sad. He got right with the Lord, and God's changed his, God's changed his life. And now, that ain't going to instantly fix the results of the sad scene that's been played out. But it sure ain't going to cause it to get any sadder. Amen. So, well, I've done made mistakes, and it's already a sad situation. Well, the worst thing you can do is let it get any sadder. Get your heart right. Serve God. God can bring it just as much as he sent judgment, God can send salvation, restoration, and revival to your home too. Amen. Amen. And while there's time and grace, won't you live out a good scene? Stay away from the sad scene. But if you think you're going to live in sin, and you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're a Christian, you're a child of God, and you're going to live in sin and serve the things of this world, you got a rude awakening, friend. Soon and very soon, there's going to be a sad scene in your life. A sad scene. It ain't going to be a good scene. It's a sad scene. It's a sad scene. And it ain't, won't be just you affected by it. It'll be others around you. More specifically, it'll be your sons, your daughters, granddaughters, grandsons, your young ones. God, help us to have good scenes and not the sad scene. Father, thank you for our time together in the Word of God. Lord, I pray. I pray that we as your people, may we grab a hold of it. May we allow it to settle within our hearts. And uh, may our eyes be open to the fact if there are those here tonight that have, um, that maybe has experienced the goodness of God. There was a time where they lived and walked with you and was close to you. God, it's been a while since that's happened. They've gone a different direction. I pray tonight be the night through the power of God, eyes would be open. God, they'd repent, get right, and may the scene in their life be changed. And may a sad scene get removed and replaced by a good scene, a good scene, a blessed scene, uh, the one that you desire to be played out. Lord, we love you. If there's one here tonight that is not saved, I pray they don't leave. I pray they come, grab a hold of somebody, and let, them t let us take a Bible, show them how to be saved. Lord, we love you. God, we bless you. We praise your name. Glorify yourself. And uh, exalt the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen and amen tonight. Well, I appreciate you being in your place. And I thank the Lord for you.